Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are ruining our childhoods by watching the documentary, I Love You, You Hate Me. Did you grow up watching Barney? Uh, fuck yeah I did. Oh, so I <laughs> apparently like just missed the mark or something because like my sister watched it, but I didn't. You're only a year older than me. How did you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but she was really into it. But also she was really into Lamb Chop too, and I wasn't into Lamb Chop. What? I know. But I guess I did watch them because, like, obviously she was watching them. I went to a babysitter where it was, like, 30 other kids. So, we're watching PBS all I mean, day, every day. I used to babysit where everyone was watching PBS, so. So, yeah, Halloween's over. I hate everything again. Let's ruin our childhoods. Before we get into that, you can follow us on Twitter and or join our Facebook group. Info for that can be in the show notes. If you would like to email us comments or suggestions or donate to us at PayPal, our email address is doctomepod at gmail.com. We appreciate any help, whether it's a way we can make the podcast better or just a dollar. U.S. dollar. <laughs> help me, I'm poor. <laughs> I'm so poor. <laughs> so this series premiered on Peacock on October 12th, 2022, and was directed by Tony Avalone. Avalone. I assume it's Avalone. I don't know. And this isn't the Tony only... Tony <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to. And this isn't the only documentary on Barney. There was one released on December 4th, 1994 on PBS during a pledge drive and was hosted by Maria Shriver. Because why not? (laughs) It was nothing like the one we're discussing today. It was all about how Barney is awesome and here's some parents, kids, and experts to tell you why it's a great show for kids. Boring. We want the nitty gritty. (laughs) So I don't know why they had to make this two episodes, like... They're less than an hour each, so I'm not sure. Um, I know why. So they can literally have the episodes titled appropriately. (laughs) I love you. You you hate me. me. I don't know why you're just making one thing. You could have done like part two or chapter two. Anyway, in 1988, Cheryl Leach was tired of these kids shows not appealing to her son, Patrick. So she created something she felt that would not, that not only would he enjoy, but also other kids. She was living in Allen, Texas at the time, which, yeah, was a small town. Even at 1990, the population was 18,000, which is crazy to think about now. Yeah, because now (laughs) Allen be booming. (laughs) You might have heard of Allen because 10 years ago they built, I think at the time, was the most expensive high school football stadium in the country at $60 million. Now We be loving our football. Not us personally, but... Yeah, no. (laughs) Now it's the fourth most expensive in Texas. What a fucking waste of money. Back to Cheryl. She was a former teacher, so she has experience with kids and education. She was a stay-at-home mom trying to keep her two-year-old kid busy. That kid sounds like a fucking nightmare. He sounds like an asshole. (laughs) Like, no offense. Cheryl and the babysitter both kept mentioning over and over again about how active he was, and nothing kept his attention. (laughs) I got a hint for you. He (laughs) might have ADHD. (laughs) I know from experience. And yeah, there wasn't much programming content for toddlers at the time, unless you were a big fan of Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers, and even then, those are pretty laid back. It's not exciting. Yeah, they were... They were good children's programming, but I guess, like, I could see how they weren't, like, attention-grabbing for exciting. a two-year-old. Yeah, yeah, no. She finds a videotape called We Sing Together that Patrick really seemed to enjoy. Why was the we spelled, like, W-E? P. Like, <laughs> these songs you sing while you're pissing? We Sing Together. <laughs> anyway, We Sing Together is a fucking acid trip. <laughs> 
A mouse and a bear stuffed animals come to life to human size with human faces. It's a nightmare. Patrick watches this tape over and over to the point that I assume Cheryl snaps and is like, I can't fucking take this anymore. I'm going to get my friends together and make something new. But it also helps to have some money and a father-in-law with the video production studio just sitting around. Before they settled on the character being a dinosaur, they considered a bear and also a clown. Who, who would even take a second of their life to consider having a clown doll that comes to life and becomes a giant clown? And kids would enjoy that? Uh, they didn't know, okay? <laughs> oh, everybody knew. It had been out. After going to a dinosaur exhibit and Patrick showing interest in dinosaurs, they finally settled on that. What Even kid doesn't love a dinosaur? picked a dinosaur that would have been carnivorous, but Barney is not like that at all. <laughs> Which is smart. Kids love dinosaurs. Uh, except that first Barney costume is a little creepy. I don't know what it is about it. There's just something off. The beginning of Barney started off so incredibly small. It was basically all hands on deck. Even to make just three videos, it's going to cost a lot of money. And making that huge dinosaur costume from scratch alone had to cost a ton. And not only that, but you've got Bob West doing the voice for Barney. Who knows how much it costs to hire two of the voices from the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic band. Um, they ballin'. <laughs> and also Sandy Duncan was in these videos. <laughs> she was an actress who mostly did plays, but she did some TV and movies. You may know her better as the Lady Fox from The Fox and the Hound. The absolute most depressing kids movie ever. I don't think I've seen that since I was a child because it was so traumatic. It was my sister's favorite movie. Your sister's and I a can monster. never understand. It's the Dear Zachary of Disney movies. So I had no idea that not only was Sandy Duncan from Texas, she's from New London, which is where that school blew up from that gas leak in the 30s. Have you looked into that? Yes. There was like 300 people, like kids and teachers. Yeah. So look into the new London school explosion if you're interested in that story. You know it's a horrible disaster when even Hitler sends a letter of condolences. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> anyway, I, had no, I have no idea how they got Sandy Duncan. At the end of 1988, when they went to release the tapes, they had no money left for marketing, which is time to bring in the neighborhood moms moms getting shit done not us but other moms so <laughs> sociable moms i'll bring the napkins <laughs> i'll tell you to get off my fucking porch i will give you money to go away <laughs> they recruit their mom friends to shop these tapes around to other moms and it fucking worked <laughs> By 1990, they're selling out live Barney events at the Majestic Theater in Dallas. <laughs> I've been to the Majestic. It's big. <laughs> Less than two years, and you're filling up a theater with 1,700 seats. I mean, I remember, like, taking my kid to see, like, Fresh Beat Band or some shit like that. <laughs> at the mall? <laughs> no, it was... I want to say it was... No, it wasn't American Airlines Center. It was... Um, American Airlines at Gate 4B. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't they have a, they had a music venue. I don't know. I never took my kids to that shit. Oh, God, it was, it was brilliant. <laughs> was it? Because you looked away when you said that. 
Right before this happens, the original body actor for Barney, David Voss, decides to drop out to join the military, which luckily for him, I think he got to hang out in Germany because this is like right before the Gulf War. Yeah, <laughs> like, not the best time to feel that calling. They need to find a new actor for Barney, and this is when David Joyner joins the crew. I always thought David Joyner was Barney. Like, I did not know there was somebody before him. He He's a weird dude. He will later go on to become a... Uh, tantric. Tantric energy healer. And it's not about sex, even though he says he fucks most of the clients. <laughs> Which weird. is such a weird <laughs> thing. Like, that is a profession. You just have sex with people. So weird backstory in his audition and how he got the role. The night before his audition, he had a dream that Barney passed out and that he needed to be given dinosaur CPR. <laughs> Don't know how that happens. While driving to the audition, Do you he... even have the lung capacity to give dinosaur CPR? <laughs> like, how do you do it without the dinosaur biting your face off? While driving to the audition, he saw a billboard that said, Breathe life into your vacation which made him think about breathing life into Barney with CPR and that he needed to be energetic and animated. But after five auditions, he was passed over for a woman. <gasps> However, she apparently couldn't handle the kids, and so he was asked back for the role. <laughs> These kids are assholes. <laughs> All this extra info I found on a Barney wiki that I didn't know was a thing that I will link in the show notes. And David Voss's background included being a mime. David Joyner had experience being a mannequin in store windows. Is that a thing? I thought those were all just made of plastic. I don't remember seeing that in the hit film, Mannequin, but we live such boring lives. I will say, don't want to toot my own horn, but I do have a little bit of experience in putting on a giant costume and entertaining kids. Did she work at Chuck E. Cheese? No, no, no. Classier than that. I got to be Jeffrey a couple of times when I worked at Toys R Us. <gasps> I am so <laughs> jealous. Did it stink in there? I bet it stunk. No. Um, Do they have little fans? I get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't seem like the kind of person that wants to be bombarded with kids, but no, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> they needed a short person for the costume, and at 5'3", I was perfect. And they waited until I was fully suited up for the first time before they told me that the fan in it didn't work. <laughs> and the AC was, like, controlled by, like, I guess the headquarters, which is in New Jersey. And so... <laughs> they don't know Texas heat. No. Um, but at the end of it, I got a free shirt because my work shirt would be absolutely covered in sweat. So... Was it a Toys R Us shirt? Did it have Jeffrey No, because they, they have, like, Nintendo shirts and stuff they sell. Oh, yeah. That... So I got a free Nintendo shirt. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Also, don't try to chest bump someone in one of those costumes, dads especially, because the person in that costume might have tits, and it hurts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, David Joyner is perfect as Barney. He's got a ton of energy and jumping around and doing 360s. They slowed it down and had dramatic music. I thought like his ankle was going to snap the way he was jumping <laughs> yes. around. Like We did not need that. Sometime in 1991, Leora Rifkin is a, is at a video store, is a video store, is at a video store looking for something to rent when she stumbles upon one of the Barney tapes and she ends up loving it. 
Luckily for Cheryl Leach and everyone else involved with Barney, she's the daughter of Connecticut public television executive Larry Rifkin. So these tapes made it up to Connecticut. They were blowing up. He thought the show would be perfect for PBS. He pitches it to co-workers who have preschoolers, and they all agree it's a great idea. So they convince Cheryl Leach to allow CPTV to revamp it for television. And on April 6, 1992, Barney and Friends premiered on PBS. Side note, despite Barney being the most popular thing ever for kids and the viewers it was getting, PBS only agreed to fund just 30 episodes. <laughs> Which is crazy. When Rifkin and other CPTV executives heard about that, they wrote letters to PBS begging them to reconsider. They even sent notices through the Barney fan club to let other parents know about it. And so PBS was eventually like, okay, I guess it's popular, and decided to keep funding the show. It was a hit! (laughs) Like, how just naive. (laughs) So let's get to the atmosphere of American culture during this time. This was the era of Generation X, and they were angry. Generation X, Generation X. Do you not remember that song? No, because I'm a super dumb millennial. I don't have time. <laughs> so you had MTV and Jerry Springer that was popular during this time. God, yep. Me some Jerry. Jerry Springer's making another appearance on this podcast. Sir, you were the mayor of Cincinnati. What are you doing? Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Also, I, I don't know if you noticed, but for Steve Burns, it said Blue's Clues host, but then Bill Nye, it just said Science Guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is, in fact, <laughs> what he is. There... Bill Nye, the Science Guy. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> there was a lot of anger going around this time, and to have this show, Barney, on where everything is just so positive and let's love each other for our differences it was an easy target it was an easy target for hatred and i get it it is super annoying also there was a big uproar no pun intended about barney being gay he's purple and he's happy of course he's gay because he's purple like i never understand that logic they said the same thing about teletubbies although in fairness tinky winky did have that handle you could grab onto Why are you thinking about (laughs) fucking these inanimate Muppet things? (laughs) With the success of Barney, the Leech family starts having difficulties. And that makes sense. Patrick probably feels like he's forced to love Barney because his mom made all this effort to create something for him. And he's like, oh my god, mom, I'm too old for Barney now. And that would probably be hard as you got older and got away from the things you enjoyed as a toddler. And then along with that, her husband Jim quits his job as an executive to become a stay-at-home dad so his wife can work full-time. Which totally disrupts the balance. Changing that dynamic can be really hard on a couple. Especially when you think about the time period. That was when moms were stay-at-home. It's more common now for a dad to be the one taking care of the house and the kids. But in the 80s and the early 90s, it didn't happen. Remember Mr. Mom? That was a big movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, He's staying at home. I feel like most of the friends that I had had stay-at-home moms. Like, yeah. it was like, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I am not, and I commend you all because <laughs> I could never fucking do it. It's hard. So even then, it was still men are the breadwinners, and women can work if they need to, but they're definitely still taking care of the house and kids. They interview Robert Curran, who started the I Hate Barney Secret Society, 
Which he started, it is not a secret anymore. He started because he was jealous his daughter loved Barney more than she loved him. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was like it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, you're really insecure. She's three. Yeah. Like, of course it she seems likes insane purple. to start a hate group for something your kid loves. And it really doesn't matter because she's going to find something else to move on to anyway. Heather, we need to start an I Hate YouTubers fan club. <laughs> oh my God. But also that, he's taking time away he could be spending with his daughter. <laughs> Focus on this. Send me 50 cents and you can be a part of the fan club. Like you're working and traveling and Barney is there to comfort her. I don't understand why you would have so much hatred for that. Yeah, like maybe you could join in on it. <laughs> Asshole. They also interviewed Travis Fox, who created the Barney bashing event at the University of Nebraska. Which and I get. That's like teenagers and they doing assume, teenager shit. Yeah, they assume it was such a popular event because people really hated Barney. But really, college kids will join anything if that means they get to smash and destroy things. And there's probably alcohol there. <laughs> like, duh, a party is a party, man. But they did have a Big Bird versus Barney wrestling match. So, you know, I could get behind that. They go on this whole thing about males having aggression and needing something soft and cuddly to hate. But seriously, if I gave you a plate right now and told you to smash it on the floor, you wouldn't do that? No, I totally fucking would. You why do you think those places where you can go and like... Rage cage. Right? Yeah. Like, why do you think those are so popular? It's because those are things that we're not typically yeah. allowed to do. And so, you know, given the chance, fuck yeah, I'm going like to smash some shit. You can't be mad at a plate or hate a plate. But if you're given permission to break it, you're going to do it. It's fun to destroy shit. Especially if you don't have to clean it up. And I think they latched on to destroying Barney because it was such a beloved thing and people are just going to rebel against that. That's just what happens constantly. They go into more about how Patrick must have felt having to compete with this fictional sibling. And I could understand how that would be old. You're basically out of that age reign and yet your mom is still going on about this other child she has and that she's touring with around and the world. And also it's a giant purple dinosaur. <laughs> like. And then they compare him with Candace Bergen. I didn't know Murphy Brown's dad was a famous ventriloquist. It's just hard to be a kid and have to fight for your parents' attention from not only this fictional character, but also from all these other children around the world. That sucks. I wasn't at all surprised about what happened to him later. Yeah, no, I could totally see it coming. Episode 2 is titled, You Hate Me. So you know going into it, it's gonna get dark. Patrick is having emotional problems and does not like authority. And then we go straight to ignoring him yet again and talking about how people who worked on the show were getting hate mail and death threats. Just the irony of this kid being a more ignored by his mom and acting out and then being ignored in this documentary was like... <laughs> He's like an afterthought. <laughs> we get to Sean Breen. I did it not, all for you. <laughs> we get to Sean Breen, not Sean Bean. <laughs> he was a member and later leader of the Jihad to Destroy Barney. It was initially a website, one of the first ever websites, period, that was just filled with hatred of Barney. Sean ends up turning it into a role paint role-playing tabletop game which that's actually very creative i love the artwork for barney he looked awesome yeah so all this barney hatred is for the most part being ignored by cheryl and the company until there's like actual violence against people wearing the barney costume and most importantly when the famous chicken beats up barney if you don't know the famous chicken is just a guy ted giannola's dressed up as a chicken 
it's not like a single team's mascot. He goes all over the world and just shows up at mostly sporting events. It was initially for a radio station event in San Diego, and then he went on to be the mascot for the San Diego Padres. He was eventually fired by the radio station and sued to win the rights to continue to be a chi- the chicken. He had to get a different suit, but I mean... Please, the chicken's my whole identity. <laughs> what am I? By 2015, the famous chicken was reported to have made 5,100 appearances in over 900 different facilities, all 50 states, and eight countries. Was he just fighting shit in everyone? He just dressed as a chicken. But yeah, Ted's popularity as the famous chicken is the reason why we have so many mascots now in sports. Because it was so popular. We do love when people in costumes jump around and do weird shit <laughs> and launch t-shirts at us. It's the t-shirt cannons. <laughs> if we can be honest. Dude, they did that at Little Nas X and it was like just perfection. Like, <laughs> I love a t-shirt cannon. And one of his skits in the mid-90s is why he's featured in this documentary. He would be on the field doing dance moves and then someone would come out of the visitors' dugouts in a really awful Barney costume would start doing, I have to say, amazing breakdancing moves. <laughs> and then they would start getting into a fight on the field. And it's funny to adults, but I can see how it would be sad for little kids. Yeah, they'd be like, Mommy, why, why is the chicken beating up Barney? Cheryl is pissed by this, and the company sues Gianola's for copyright and trademark infringement. And this becomes a pretty big fight over, like, First Amendment rights. Gionoles wins, though, based on the court determining that the sketch was parody and therefore protected speech. Which, yeah. <laughs> the Barney team had threatened other people with lawsuits, too, including Sean Breen. But after they lost that first lawsuit, they just kind of backed off. 1998 was a bad year for Cheryl. She lost that lawsuit, leaves the show to spend more time with her family, and then her and her husband, Jim, end up separating. In 2000, Bob West, who does the voice of Barney, left the show, and then in 2001, David Joyner, who wore the costume, also left. For all that tantric sex. (laughs) And you can't blame them. You get bored of doing the same thing for almost a decade, and you're ready to start something new. After Cheryl left, they sell the company for $275 million to a British company. $275 million seems kind of low. But I mean, it is kind of the tail end, I guess. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, but all that merch for a show that can't cost that much to make. It's just a bunch of kid actors and a man in a purple dinosaur costume. And even with all these... Oh, and those special effects. What? (laughs) Oh, I guess when he turns from the toy into the giant. You're right. Just throw some glitter at it. <laughs> I'm just picturing they like throw glitter in front of the dinosaur. Just and violently and you can kind of see the hand poke in. And then they just cut to the like man <laughs> in the purple suit. Whoa. Oh god, there's glitter in my eye. Do you remember Gullah Gullah Island? Fuck yeah, I remember Gullah Gullah Island. <laughs> that was like my favorite. Gullah Gullah Island was amazing. Now that was quality. <laughs> Now I gotta find that shit so I can show my kids. Fuck your dinosaur. I want a giant frog. <laughs> and this like amazing family. Gala, and Gala, I think they were like a real family too. Gala, Gala, um, so yeah, even with all these major people gone, the show continues. They get a new voice actor and a body actor and then bring on Riff, a new dinosaur. As much as I hated Baby Bob, and I did, Riff sucked. 
I don't remember Riff. I, I, what happened to BJ? BJ was still there. Okay. That was the only one I remember. And Baby Bop, who was and really annoying with her stupid blanket. Just okay, so honestly, like, I think that, like... <laughs> honestly, Baby Bop fucks. <laughs> Baby Bop was the worst. <laughs> so annoying. And I think that actually my sister was, like, really into her like character or whatever fucking little sisters yeah like well and first of all like okay my sister carried around a little rag and like sucked her thumb for like eternity (laughs) 25 (laughs) years (laughs) and so i think she doesn't listen right she has no idea okay no (laughs) so so i feel like maybe she identified because baby bob also carried around her little blankie and was second on her thumb or something and so i don't know but my sister yeah (laughs) i remember you know the whole put stuff on her thumb and offer rewards none of that (laughs) shit worked (laughs) nothing worked cut off the thumb (laughs) in 2010 barney and friends was canceled i didn't know that it even ran that long (laughs) it just became too edgy they speak to some of the people who played the kids on the show and i remember being so jealous of them when i was young because the kids on the show were like kids from our area yes they filmed it in allen and irving but uh once these kids were done with the show and had to go back to the real real world they had tough teenage years in high school Derek ended up being shot in the back. Yeah, I saw. I was like, holy fuck. First of all, this is the suburbs in Texas. We, we don't fuck around with that shit, okay? We don't. That's not. We're not growing up on the mean streets of Detroit. We're, we're like suburban family. Yes. Who is shooting this kid in the back? Uh, my, uh, Andrew was like, so what happened to some of the kids? I was like, Derek got shot. <laughs> drugs <laughs> that they was just proof. the part i was like whoa they had to prove that they were like badasses after being on barney <laughs> one of them became goth <laughs> <laughs> to be fair didn't we all in that time yeah. period <laughs> yeah we all had our little goth phase i mean i my halloween wreath is up year round <laughs> i'm still kind of there after her divorce Cheryl leaves to move to turk and caicos and opens a restaurant there that's all we hear. <laughs> Patrick sticks around for a little bit with her, but ends up moving back to the U.S. to settle in Malibu. And I do not remember hearing about what happens next. It never came up on my radar. January 9th, 2013, Patrick is 27 and living in Malibu with his fiance and two kids. Big ass house in Malibu. What could go wrong? <laughs> well, a few disagreements with his 49-year-old neighbor, Eric Shanks. Eric is walking to his own home and passing by Patrick's house. As he's passing by, he sees one of Patrick's security cameras and stops to look at it. Patrick saw this through the security camera and somehow gets pissed by this action. I'm just picturing him, like, watching the cameras 24-7, just, like, waiting for someone yeah, to, like... he was in a really paranoid state. <laughs> I can see that Because the Barney Mafia was after him. <laughs> just smashing him with bats. Like, I remember when kids would be singing that, like, I love you. No, you. no. <laughs> We're not doing it, Kathleen. You don't want to sing that you hate me? No. Okay. <laughs> but I remember when kids, that was the whole thing. Everyone was just, like, singing that song. And- Patrick gets into his car and drives over to Eric Shank's house and gets into a verbal argument with him, accusing him of trespassing, even though now he's trespassing on Eric's property. 
Eric gives up on the argument, heads back into his house, and turns around one last time and is shot in the chest. Dude, your brother is Barney. Why do you own a gun? (laughs) (laughs) That one got you. It really did. (laughs) Neighbors see what happens and they call the cops while Patrick tears off down the road. He is arrested and found to not only have a handgun, but also a rifle and wearing a bulletproof vest. Okay, that's, that is a bit extreme. Yeah. So he's charged with attempted murder. His defense was that he felt like he and his family's lives were in danger from this guy. You went to his house. Your family's rich and I'd, I'd say kind of famous. He's living in a pretty modest house compared to yours. If you just call the cops, they're going to listen to you. Money talks. So yeah, he clearly had some issues. He obviously had some behavioral issues as a kid, which only got worse when his parents separated. He had to have brain surgery to remove a tumor. And then at 18, his dad committed suicide. That's a lot. That's a lot to take in. For, yeah, for like a teenager. Especially through the teenagers, yeah. Uh, I agree with the prosecutor, though, when she says his history explains his behavior, but doesn't justify his behavior. No, like you're not allowed to just fuck up like that. (laughs) So after Patrick was arrested, he pled not guilty for his attempted murder charge and was able to post his $1 million bail, because that's nothing for that family. He ends up pleading no contest to assault with a deadly weapon, and then on July 1st, 2015, he was sentenced to 15 years in prison. So that was seven years ago. He should still be in prison, right? Wrong! Do you not remember us talking about how rich his family is? Miraculously, his sentence was commuted by the governor, and he got out after only five years. For shooting a man in the chest. Yes. Five years in prison. Yep. He and, he and his fiance eventually got married, and I guess they're still living in that house. And then we go into a little of blaming the internet again, instead of blaming stupid people who believe everything they see and just jump on any old bandwagon. And then they show a QAnon flag and compare hating Barney to being racist or hating a certain political group. I don't know how you connect those dots. Barney isn't real, so that doesn't make sense. It kind of just goes downhill okay. towards they, the end. They interviewed a former neo-Nazi. I think that, I think that they might have been sh- just reaching a bit on some Yeah, of that these. part was really weird. <laughs> it's the same people who are like, why true crime now? Like, those interests have always been there. Right, and people have always hated children's programming. Yes. And- I swear to God, somebody puts Caillou on my TV, I'm going to punch you. Oh, it is banned. <laughs> banned, I tell you. Thank God my kids are, like, beyond that. Although now, I just get this stupid YouTube bullshit. Yeah. Mom, let me tell you about this YouTuber that is just... Why do they all shriek? I don't know. Can we just watch Bluey? Everybody loves Bluey. Bluey's fantastic. And we do learn why Robert Curran, the founder of the I Hate Barney Secret Society, was so angry. He was out there raving about Barney being addictive when he had his own addiction to alcohol. I'm not judging him at all. It's a very serious issue. I feel issue. like his daughter's addiction may have been a little bit safer. It was just funny that in dealing with his hatred of Barney, he realized that he was dealing with his own addiction. And now he loves Barney. He's thankful for Barney. Uh, I really loved at the end when Steve Burns goes into Steve from Blue's Clues mode and talks calmly to us and asks questions. <laughs> I 
had the biggest crush on Steve from Blue's Clues. Oh my Clues. god, me too. He's yeah. the best. He is wholesome, and I never want to hear anything bad about him. No, I, full confession, used to have my mom tape Blue's Clues for me so that I could watch it. Yeah, because we I were would, out of that age. Yeah, thing, we but were, we had younger siblings who watched it. Yeah, it was definitely too was old for Steve that. Burns our sexual awakening? Um... <laughs> It might have been. <laughs> Although, I mean, I it's, it's which one came first because there's also the labyrinth and Oh, mine was uh, oh god. Casper. What's his name for Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> was it the shark, Heather? Yeah, Bruce the shark? Yes. It's the shark. Was it the kid? No, it was not the kid. Okay, Why did you kid. say it in a judgy way? <laughs> because No, Richard Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. Whew. Oh, and that movie? Come on. Those boat shoes. <laughs> it was the mayor with his jacket with the anchors all over it. I feel like we had a lot of sexual awakenings anyway, as yes. children. <laughs> yes. Anyway, sorry. We were pervy. <laughs> but no, I would still, in a, in a heartbeat, I would drop my husband and marry Steve, no questions asked. <laughs> well, yeah, he could take you on tour with him. He played with the flaming lips. Um, (laughs) so one last thing that I found that they didn't mention on here in April 2013 it was reported that Eric Shanks sued Cheryl according to him he claimed that she shouldn't have let Patrick have a gun knowing his violent tendencies I guess he was living with Cheryl at the time so I don't know if maybe that was Cheryl's house and since she was in Turks and Caicos she let him live there I don't know that would make sense I mean Unless she was, I created Barney for you, so I'm going to give all of my money or, like, share all my money with you. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Either way, I couldn't find what ended up happening with that lawsuit. I just thought that was interesting. But also, like, he's an adult, so, I mean. Yeah, he was 27. She can't stop him from having a gun. So, if anyone knows, feel free to email us with what happened at that lawsuit. So, yeah, if we learned anything, don't be assholes to each other. It was fine. It was... It was nostalgic, if anything. Yeah. It was cool seeing like some of the kids that we basically grew up with for a few years. Real, real disappointed that they didn't interview some of the more famous ones. Selena Gomez. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's on TV enough. I think we're good. I know, but I love her. Uh, that's it. Make sure you vote next week if you haven't already. Woo! Please vote. <laughs> Fuck you, Greg Abbott. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Farewell. <laughs> Are we doing sound of music now? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually waiting to see if you would do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Doc to Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at doctomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at doctomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.